0: and 35-year radio veteran, book publisher, and vehicular village idiot, Mark Catfish-Groves. Let's rev up the conversation. Time for Driven Radio Show.
1: Hey, car fans. Welcome to Driven Radio, your weekly automotive happy hour. I am Brett Hatfield here with our engineering co-host, Mr. Mark Groves. Yo. And the madman, the madman mind behind Craving Cars on YouTube, (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Corey Pratt. Hey, that's me. How you doing? I'm okay, you? Happy to be on the side of the dirt. That's right. We are coming to you from Driven Radio Studios in beautiful Overland Park, Kansas. It was a really super nice day today. Was it? I didn't and, go outside at and all. Yeah, and it I didn't was get a, it Really, was. I didn't get a good. I I got to take the dog out. That was about it. What, what, what was it? A good thirty yeah. degrees warmer than a couple days ago? Oh yeah, yeah. It was in like the fifties today, wasn't it? Mm, yeah. Oh yeah, it, it was. It was mid to upper fifties. Hello. At one
2: point when I was going around this afternoon, my car temp said sixty-one. Damn. I'll take it. I don't know how accurate that is, but it's what it said.
1: You can find us online at show.com and read the com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Driven Radio Show. And listen everywhere fine podcasts are heard. If you like what you're hearing, leave us a positive review on your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to tell your gearhead friends. If there's something you would like to hear more of or if you have an interesting story, by all means, tell us. Send your emails to brett at com. All right. It has been so stinking cold for the last week. Yeah. Yes. It has been incredibly cold for the last week. Indeed. Uh, We have a tiny dog that uh, objects strenuously every time we try to take her outside. Uh, (laughs) Did you guys do anything?
2: Uh, I worked on some Craving Car stuff. I'm trying to get caught up on some videos. I noticed
1: you've got some new content.
2: out. Yeah, got a couple out there and just for, and it wasn't this weekend, but today, but I did show up in my Porsche
1: today. That's awesome. I saw that sitting out there. Uh Hey, at least you're driving something fun. How about you, Mr. Mark? Uh, Mainly I
0: worked. I did my recorded first podcast in my new little podcast studio, uh, which isn't new, but it's (laughs) finally. It's improved. Yeah, it's improved. Got all the equipment working, using my new little toy, and uh, was very happy with that.
1: And I've started listening to that. Podcast i'm so sorry <laughs> four times when i got caught up and had to go do other crap. crapola
0: oh sure well you know that that's the podcast world it's uh in the meantime a podcast
1: yeah and,
0: <laughs> and that's why we're here because it will always be there you can yeah, always come the, back
1: to it the the last four or five days i've had 40 plus open tabs on my computer i've just been working on so much different crap oh working on stories i thought it was yeah. either bring a trailer or porn <laughs> Well, there's that, you know, but I, only, six one I, I, I open a number another window for those. <laughs> and the the other thing is, you know, I, I'm starting to think I have adult ADD because I start working on something and then I glance oh God, up and yeah. I see something else open on my computer. Oh yeah, I can't forget to do that, and I start working on that god (laughs) holy crap (laughs) i have restarted doing
0: something that i used to do uh uh, years and years uh, 20 some odd years ago i worked at radio disney Mm -hmm. and helped to start the uh, national broadcast you and had a you know huge staff and la 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 and my boss there her name was robin uh was the one that showed me the wisdom of making a to-do list every day Every morning, I had a to do list ready to go from That's the le- evening beforehand. It, I, and then I could go through the stuff that I thought was really important, add to it during the day if I needed to. At the end of the day, whatever's left over. That wasn't that important, obviously. So I moved it to the next day and was able to keep track of stuff. Cause otherwise shit went, uh, poop went sideways super fast. That's okay. I know your shit goes. Sideways. Yeah, it does. As you could tell by the way I talk. Mm. So, um, <laughs> you know, having that list and just having the things that way I don't lose things cause I will. But honest to god it's like oh look a, a chicken that i need to work on bam I'm, and then i'm down that road and what the hell did i was oh, i doing and my and office it gets lost.
1: Is, is full of chrome squirrels just I'm everywhere
0: busy everything started but what the hell gets finished and it takes it takes a, a focus
1: that nowadays we don't have i'll put it to you this way i started 11 different articles for GM <laughs> Authority today. Started doing the admin, started processing all the images, and I wrote the show, and I took care of a bunch of other crap during the day, but none of it was linear. It was all shotgun approach. All of it. All of it.
0: If it limped to the finish line, I called her good.
1: You know, to go with your, your to do list, I do.
2: Something I now I I need to get better with it and get back to it now. And I, and I did, I spent this last weekend filling out. I got a big whiteboard. Oh, nice. Oh, that's yeah. that's yeah, good, yeah. probably yeah. three foot wide or something like that. That's by my desk, my editing desk. So that, that all my videos, what's coming up, I, I color code things of what's been shot, what still needs some things done. Uh, do I need to reshoot some intros or do I need some studio recording or blah, blah, blah. You, you remember? Know? And so I've got a lot of stuff. I you remember
1: the, the giant calendar whiteboard that was in my office? Yeah. I took that down a few months ago because I rearranged a bunch of crap on my desk, and it seems like maybe I'm having a tougher time keeping them. on You track. might miss it, ah, yeah. To, to have that, so used to it,
2: yeah.
0: Out of sight, out of mind, man. Yeah. It's so true. So having that stuff right up in your, you know, in your grill all the time, you're like, oh yeah, that.
1: Okay, well, this is this has been therapeutic. Uh, glad we did this. We <laughs> were talking
0: work stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're achievers. We're <laughs> <a keyboard. laughs> you tell
1: me what giant. Land mass on wheels, you've been looking at this week.
0: Uh, I have such an affinity right now, and I wish I'd had that affinity you know five fricking years ago. Chrysler 300 69 to 71, Chrysler 300s and uh, and Plymouths of almost any ilk, just those big two door now. It's got to be the two door, yeah, the yeah. four doors. Even I'm like, damn, that's ugly. That there is so <laughs> yeah, much but, that's but, more but, ugly than even the 300. Ha,
1: it was a two door. <laughs> Yeah, and they were massive. And I looked at a nineteen, I think seventy, Chrysler, three hundred Hearst. Oh. It was the Hearst edition. Yes. Oh my God. Yes.
0: That's the only way to burn rubber while and, still sitting back with a drink in one hand uh, and a yeah, cigar in some, the other.
1: You've got a cocktail and a hooker.
0: You can't feel the G forces because <laughs> there's too much roll tuck and roll leather. Well, there, there is to no sink G. Into. Physics
1: overcomes this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's the fastest inertia on the planet. Yeah, uh, it, it, God, I love those. It's going
1: to burn rubber, but it's not really going to put you back in the seat.
0: Now, is that the white one that's got the gold <laughs> the trim? The white with oh, the gold trim, yeah. I was looking at one swing. of those thinking...
1: Oh man! If I won the lottery, I'd just give this to him. <laughs> I'd do it just to see the look just on his see, face, just to see
0: Christmas come back to Earth. Oh <laughs> yeah. yeah, there it is. But I wouldn't.
1: But I wouldn't give it to him until we'd done that elephant conversion in it, <laughs> so it would actually move.
0: <laughs> it does need a little bit of help because even what they put into it was, which is one of the the 440s. What well, did a like a monster 440? But it still it was like a low compression, a like an eight yeah.
1: eight to one or eight and a half to one and
0: it's a, uh, you know, that's when you go work out, but you're still nice and soft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's muscle down there somewhere. No, it
1: it, it it is a giant couch with two doors. <laughs> you are not kidding. And an air, it's the only
0: car with a little handle on aircraft, the seat that you pull up. And aircraft
1: carriers, deck with a trunk, and you know, a couple good acres of hood. Oh, that hood is amazing. Yeah, it was it, it was cool, then, but it's got to have the drop down headlights though. It's it's the automotive equivalent of Large Marge from Pee Wee's uh, Big Adventure.
0: That front end, you oh, see it coming man, for yeah. you, and it's like you know I thank God every day I'm not Krill because it's <laughs> just going to suck you in That's, and eat you. That is
1: precisely
0: right. <laughs> and then car, you're going to go at the car, car for
1: Mark. It's uh, cars three blocks long. He only lives two blocks from work. <laughs> I bought. I bought Mercedes parts for the Schadenfreude oh, Express. Oh,
0: no! You're actually almost going to kind of sort of get it running? No,
1: it's in a shop, and we ordered oh. parts. Oh, and Ka-ching. Yeah, the parts mm. came to a lot more than I have paid for several of my cars.
0: Yeah, you put out some douche marks on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: my uh, God. Hey, b- <laughs> by the way, this is Dad's idea, and he's bankrolling it. Oh, there
0: it. you go. Throw it on your dad.
1: I, oh, yeah. I bought it. He reimbursed me three. Thank Jesus, Dad. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. That car is going to be awesome, and I'm sure he will promptly take the sucker right down to Arizona. Yeah, I was about say know, it's going to disappear to Arizona. you got
0: to do a Craving Cars uh, a video of it when you finally get it out and rolling. You, and that would be you amazing. You both have to ride in this Oh, thing. yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: There's a reason, reason that I called it Express after schadenfreude. I'm going to be
0: cutting diamonds in the back seat. I promise
2: you. <laughs> you watch me.
0: There's too much class in that
2: car. Not just, we'll have to do like diamonds. a, okay, we'll do one of those old test things. We'll have a bomb, and you'll have to disarm the bomb, but you got to oh, be yeah. very careful, right, cutting the right wires. I got and missed. then we'll do it again in a in a different car and see if you'd be able to see do if it. Yeah, works. I've, yeah, I've
1: already seen how that works on top here. I'm here to tell you the car itself is the bomb. <laughs> Between that car and a
0: Ford Fiesta. Let's see how far Mark makes well, it. Well, then we'll do a twist on it. We'll hey, defuse the, the bomb the before trunk. the actual bomb goes. Yeah, there you go. See?
1: Hey, in the news this week, Bugatti says your Sharon might have crappy tires. Porsche Motorsports will build engines for Singer. Oh, God, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, man. And Bring a Trailer hits a new high-sale record. Uh, our Ooh. special guest this week is Travis Bell. Travis, will you hear to tell us about making license plates for famous replica cars, cannonball run shenanigans, and what it takes to turn a Dodge Charger into aircraft? <laughs> He did it. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> he absolutely did it. Let's get to the news from
0: Road and Track. Bugatti is recalling every uh, sh- Chiron Pure Sport built. Every single one for cracking tires. Just that wasn't very
1: funny. The, ti- you, the tires are. Uh, I, I uh, think uh, they're uh, twenty grand. Aren't uh, they twenty grand? They're like, uh, God. They're. I, I think they're north oh. of ten thousand a tire. I don't think you're off on that because I think I remember when the
2: when the Veyron came out to change your tires, a, a change of, it was like forty grand to do a full set. Yeah, I I didn't, and then every other time you had to buy new rims, of which were sixty grand. Oh, that's stupid. And see, it's yeah. the Craigers. they met meant, you're <laughs> damn right. I <laughs> didn't <that laughs> even put Yokohamas on it. I beat three you to it. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: they uh, if you're one of the sixty people on the planet who own a three point three five million dollar Bugatti uh, Chiron Pure Sport. Bad news. Your car has been recalled. Bucati. Ha
1: ha, you rich bastard.
0: <laughs> Bikani has issued a recall for the 1,500 horsepower. What would they ever drive? Would these guys get their sport? car recalled? I know, right? Ford Festiva. Oh.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because you know it's their only car, right? Oh, that's no. the
0: only That's the only vehicle that you start like Fred Flintstone. book a book a book Uber. It would take an Uber. <laughs> or, or as my mother-in-law calls it, Goober. Goober. With the Chiron Pure Sport, the rear tires may begin to crack after just 2,500 miles. Oh, my Lord. You know, which you really kind of that's don't that's want
1: on your that's car that's that you can get up to two hundred seventy miles per hour. Yeah, really. Hey, uh, just show of hands real quick here in the studio. 1,500 horsepower. How long are your back tires going to last? Who makes it to 2,500 miles?
0: (laughs) I don't see any hands. Uh, Straight mine. Just in the driveway. (laughs) No, no, you don't have to worry about it. (laughs) The French supercar company has yet to develop a proper replacement tires, but says it'll replace the rear tires every 1,875 miles or 1.5 years in the meantime, just to be safe. Now, if you've already driven 2,500 miles somehow on your Chiron Pure Sport, Bugatti recommends you stop driving the car until you get new rubber.
1: <laughs> don't you be driving your car. You tires. I paid driving. millions of dollars for this car and I don't drive it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. You know, most of them are that way. You know that.
0: Now, once the new tires have uh, finished development, they'll be replaced again. And all of this will be done at the dealership free of charge. National Highway Traffic Safety Administration says notification letters were mailed to owners on December 30th, 2021. Happy New Year. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, though the recall encompasses every pure sport built, just nine examples fall under the recall in the United States. So all of that mail had to go
2: to Dubai. Yeah. <laughs> Bye-bye, Dubai. Oh, Dubai. Dubai. Dubai now. Dubai. I, I, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm slightly confused here because... Um, this is only 217-mile or top-speed Bugatti, but yet they've got them that 250s and 260s and 270s and all this crap, but they don't have cracking tires. Dude, and how how about the 218-mile? The, the, the EB110 would do 218. Hey, they didn't you, have cracking tires. If you can, what if, the hell?
1: If you can find a place to get it north of 217 inside the continental U.S.,
2: yeah, I'm just trying to find out why they have so cool, problem with these tires, here. and who,
0: what brand are they? Uh, you if was? you put a Ford rear end and a Mission, Camaro front end on it, that's what I thought. You'd be going. good. I, I just don't want to throw the, I don't want to throw them on the bus They're if I didn't know. <laughs> If you happen to have that Bugatti and you're listening right now, it seems unlikely, but it could happen. Yeah. Uh, NHTSA's website, drop your, VN there, uh, your VIN number there to confirm whether your car is affected. If
1: you happen to have one of those Bugattis and you're listening right now, thank you, Jesus, and please, <laughs> we would, we'd love to sponsor any damn thing you have. Yeah, or vice versa. You sponsor us and we'll tell yeah, everybody about hungry. it, all, all eight of you. What a deal, twice the price. Hey, from Road & Track... They're all road and track this week. I had to pay for the crap. I'm, I'm justifying this, by God. I'm writing down a per-article cost. From and Track. Yeah, track. <laughs> so damn mad. From road and track, Porsche Motorsport North America will build engines for Singer. Freaking awesome!
2: That's amazing. Singer so Vehicle v- Design,
1: the Southern California oh. company that became a legend for its gorgeous reimagined air-cooled Porsche 911s. If I won an, if I won the lottery, I'd go buy one of these. Uh, agreed. Screw the Bugatti. I'd get a Singer. Has a new engine builder. Porsche Motorsport North America will build engines for the Restomod company. PMNA, based at Porsche Experience Center in Carson, California, just south of downtown LA, is a wholly-owned subsidiary of Porsche AG. In addition to providing sales and service of customer racing cars, PMNA builds and rebuilds racing engines for various Porsche cars. Soon it will begin making engines for Singer. Do you think they're having
2: like a, a issue getting some good ones from back in the day? So they're they're getting a, a like a well, I know they were. Here? They were
1: doing all nine six four engines, and weren't they boring them to? Four liters and Ed Pink pistons. I mean, they were almost it was every one of were bored. Yeah, yeah. No matter which, which yeah. ones they were using. Yeah, uh, and they were all four hundred horsepower or thereabouts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But naturally aspirated, no turbos, no lag, no nothing. Yep. Singer and PMNA will only collaborate on engines. And quoting Singer, the characteristics of the engines will continue to be defined by Singer's specification. Meaning Porsche is going to build them the way Singer says they want yeah, them. Perfect. So PMA won't be building won't be providing engineering input, just assembly. This therefore doesn't represent a huge change for the cars reimagined by Singer, but it's still an important tie-up. This could lead to more collaboration between Porsche and Singer. Time will tell. All of the of the Porsche purists and Porsche hopefuls like me are praying that it leads to more. Uh mm. so much so that it would uh bring the singers down in price a little bit, but that's not gonna happen. Part of what's cool about them is their exclusivity and they're exclusive because they're $800,000 and more. Dang.
2: If anything, this is going to raise the price because they are be like, well, these aren't redone
1: but, engines. These are brand new. But they are like the Porsche equivalent of a Fabergé egg. The craftsmanship ship <laughs> is incredible. Oh, they're so incredible. It's incredible. And they make great noises and they drive amazingly and they're very pretty. And I'm going to need some alone time. <laughs> <And> I've, <laughs> I,
2: I've only got to see one in person. And it was absolute. I'm just like staring at the dash, going. Uh,
1: Remember the white wow. with the uh, the white with tan interior and tan stripe one they had uh, that was at uh, uh, Pebble Beach a few years ago. It's the lightweight one that's been know, in every picture. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, the DML. Mm-hmm. Uh, I shot that thing while I was at nice. Pebble. I've got shots. Of, I'm right on top of the dang car. And it was sinfully beautiful. It was gorgeous. Of course, they want zillions of dollars for it. And again, lottery win. I, <laughs> I'd buy a lottery t- ticket with that end in mind. I
2: yeah, that would be. If it was that that kind of lottery, and it was like that didn't really matter, I would probably have two of them. <laughs> <laughs> one would be the daily car, and one would be the second daily car. You
1: greedy whore!
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, from uh, Road and Track, how about that? Hey, now just uh, I gotta the, start
1: putting a price per article next to this.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Road and Track at one dollar and seventy three. No, um, the two thousand five Porsche Carrera GT smashes record for most expensive bring a trailer sale. Now, now. The reason well, I'm picking this, and I just want to throw this out here, is Porsche, for me, has always been, or many times, not necessarily always, but many times, have always, it has been a first. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, like, it's the first real sports car that I fell in love with. Okay. It's the first time I said, I'm never going to buy an electric car, until they made the time. I was like, okay, I would buy an electric car now. It um, was the first
1: sports car to kill Paul Walker. <laughs> there you go. Well,
2: they were the first ones where I said oh. supercars. When I can buy a nine eleven because it's not technically you know, a hypercar or whatever, it's not really in that category of cars. So I was like, why would I waste my money on on a hypercar, supercar kind of deal? Until Porsche came out with the Carrera GT, I go, oh, because Porsche just made one, that's why. And for some reason, every time they do a first of something, mm-hmm. I just absolutely fall in love with them.
1: Well, they were first to set this record,
2: and the, the Carrera GT is exactly a demonstration of what i'm just talking about here uh the record-setting auction results have uh, become routine at bring a trailer but this just completed sale of a guards red it looks so good because there's not like i said this is the first one i've ever seen yeah except for the
1: one that killed paul walker sorry besides (laughs) that
2: guards Red 2005 porsche career gt is notable uh for topping them all selling for 1.9 million well actually uh, a, a million nine hundred two thousand. I think Sorry. once you
1: get to the one point nine, yeah. the two's kind of, yeah, <laughs> yeah, kind of yeah,
2: it became the most expensive oh, car this ever in my sold pocket with my pocket lint. On bring a trailer, the record was previously one point four million set by a sixty one Mercedes Benz three hundred SL Roadster, and that was back in July. Mm-hmm. Uh, this purest machine could be considered the last analog supercar. Five point seven liter V ten, designed for racing. Yes, is naturally aspirated. Featuring titanium connecting rods, dry sump lubrication, 8,400 RPM redline, made it to a six speed, ma- a real six speed manual. A uh, for real. Transaxle uh, with twin plate ceramic clutch driving just the
1: rear wheels. Just only only the rear wheels. That's
2: right. No stability control, although, I mean, it has the, the normal, you know, just like an ABS and a traction control. The Carrera GT has a carbon fiber central tub, front structure, and carbon fiber bodywork. The control arm suspension features push rod actuated. Horizontal coil-, coil over shocks and carbon ceramic brakes. And when you see these, have you ever seen them in person? It they was, look so
1: damn cool. It was a design triumph. It was awesome, spectacular. Everything they did and so many firsts in that car.
2: Yeah, it, and it's you see it in pictures. It looks awesome. If anybody, if you've if ever a chance to see one in person, it's going to blow your mind away. For the thinking, that's 2005. Well, On the one that's that long ago, and it still looks that damn. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, and the
1: examples of these, you see, they're almost always silver. Yeah, they're that's the red, one I see is silver. Red. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's that was like the the biggest thing. It was a silver one. I think ninety nine percent of them were that. Uh, this sale also garnered more than one hundred and twenty two thousand page views, which put oh, it yeah. among one of the top ten most popular. That's a ton. Bring a Trailer auctions last year. Just over 700 comments, and there was also 4,910 auction watchers.
1: Dude, nothing ever gets 700 comments on Bring a Trailer. If you get 70 or 80, you think, God, this is going to take me forever to read. This is going <laughs> to be like a novel. Uh, 700 comments would take yeah. you several hours sitting at your desk just going through. I'm going, God, you, you know how you'd wear out your sure thumb scrolling through that if you were doing it on your phone. Yeah. So
2: Now, I, I know this thing has a... That's a, a stupid, sinful thing with uh, with the whole Paul Walker death thing with this car. But yeah, well, but, I that's, mean, you can't deny just on, giving you crap. You can't really deny on on just really how good a car this just it's it was for its time. And, Even a guy amazing. like me who
0: doesn't know how to really appreciate it it is beautiful it's wonderful to look
1: at yeah I get it Uh, hey our special guest this week is Travis Bell Travis will be here to tell us about making license plates for famous replica cars and not in prison not in prison (laughs) (laughs) but the machine he got to do it oh no he got from a prison oh
0: I can't wait to hear about that
1: (laughs) cannonball run shenanigans of what it takes to turn a Dodge Charger into an aircraft all this and much more is coming up next on Driven Radio Welcome back to Driven Radio, coming to you from Driven Radio World Headquarters in beautiful Overland Park, Kansas. Our special guest this week is Travis Bell. Travis is an accomplished Cannonball Run competitor, uh, traffic scoff law because kind of goes hand in hand, yeah, yeah, yeah. TV and movie replica car owner, and proprietor of Celebrity Machines, a company that, gener- that creates over 300 different movie replica license plates. If you need a Hazard County CNH 320 license plate for your General Lee, Travis has one for you. Travis, welcome to Driven Radio.
3: Hey, thanks for having me. Hope everybody's great. Yeah.
1: I've been dying to get you on for a long time. It was you and Christopher Michaels just because the stories that you've had on Venwiki have been epic and uh, been really aching to have you on. First thing. What the hell is your expression? Your obsession with the Dukes of Hazard, and how did this spur your ser- search for the original General Lee?
3: Well, so uh, Dukes of Hazard was a mid mid season replacement for the Incredible Hulk, and uh, <laughs> I was a I little peeved. Uh, the
1: Incredible Hulk went away.
3: Yeah, I mean, Lou got the axe, but. Um, so I'm sitting on my father's lap on the uh, 26th of January 1979, waiting for the Incredible Hawk to come on, and it was replaced with the Magic Car that flew. And ah. so I was hooked from that day. Um, of course, as you get older, you, you realize that the that Bo, Luke, and Daisy didn't do all their stunts and everything, and they only put Kathy Bach in a jeep to show her legs off, for lack of a better term. And they Yeehaw. don't much she was. But so. Um, that grew unto young adulthood, and I was like, "Man, where, where's all this stuff at?" And uh, the first five episodes are filmed in Georgia. The last hundred and forty plus were filmed in California. You can clearly tell them apart because Georgia's nice and green, and California's all burnt up.
1: Yeah, and when they, <laughs> um, if you watched both Dukes of Hazard and also Justified, you can see all the same locations in both shows. Oops, so, sure,
3: well, in the heat of the night is Hazard County um that's the square that they use uh, on both shows from georgia if you watch gilmore girls that's hazard county In in warner brothers uh the gilmore girls actually live in boss hog's house <laughs> no kidding so, uh, <laughs> uh. i mean not that that's an awesome segue or trans- transition at all but needless <laughs> to say um i started doing kind of wild goose chases down to georgia and putting up wanted posters and trying to meet the people that worked on the show and they could give a uh, hoot about it. Like I mean, it was just a TV show and I'm just this obsessed fan. And I met a gentleman by the name of Don Schisler And it took me almost a year to figure out how to spell Schisler But every time I went down there, um, him and his son were nice enough to listen to this Yankee come down. And I said, Hey, you know, after five episodes of the Dukes of hazard, what happened to all the cars? And he had no less than two, of the Wagon Queen family trucksters from National Lampoon's at his shop. No kidding. And he drove them as a daily driver vehicle. That was what, what his car was. With oh honky lips painted God. on the rear fender? He was nuts. and Just a uh, Academy Award winner, just a terrific guy. But he took the time to explain to me all this crap that went on down there from filming Dukes of Hazard to Six Pack to Smokey and the Bandit to everything that was filmed in and around Georgia. And he was a camera car operator and he knew everything. And then he became a transportation director. So, um, I asked him, I said, after five episodes of the Dukes of hazard, what happened to the cars? And, uh, he simply said, after five episodes of the Dukes of hazard, we had 51 total vehicles and (laughs) I donated them to a guy named Cliff Shaw in Dawsonville, Georgia, and then, uh, he owned Shaw transmissions and auto wrecking or transmissions more than anything. And I said, well, when was the last time you talked to uh, Cliff Shaw? He said the 23rd of December,
1: 1979
3: or 78. So so I really didn't know what to expect. And uh, he threw me in in his truck at the time. There was a horrific Baldwin brother, Cindy Crawford movie. And they were bad guys or there was Russians after him course, his vehicle at the time was the Russian bad guy car. So we (laughs) drove up from Buford Dam, Georgia to to Dawsonville, Georgia and uh, drove up this creepy back driveway (laughs) on Lumpkin Campground Road and there's a nuclear locomotive buried on Lumpkin Campground Road. So no one obviously lives on Lumpkin Campground Road except this one I didn't even know
1: there was such a thing.
3: Yep, there's uh, Lockheed had a plane and a nuclear locomotive and uh, they had to bury it probably five miles in the ground underneath, but it's, you ever want to know where it's at? It's just down the street from where I found the first general Lee. So, well, of course, um, that's probably why I don't have any hair anymore, but <laughs> it's uh, that all tracks. <laughs> anyhow, when I walked up there and I banged on the door and a nice young lady answered the phone or door. And I said, Hey, I'm looking for, her. I knew that the first General Lee had jumped Saturday, November 11th, 1978. And it jumped at Oxford college during veterans day. So they tried to get all the, kids and the students and and uh the dean of students off of campus that day and they just said they were going to do some hard driving and they the, so the opening credits jumps where it jumps over roscoe and he ducks and it lands that's in front of the dean's office or in <laughs> and, and oxford college at, yeah. at Emory university this prestigious university so <laughs> all of those cars got towed up to dawsonville georgia probably within 10 miles of bill elliott's shop and um I asked the lady there, I said, ma'am, I said, I'm looking for a green Dodge charger with 71's painted on it. And I knew that the first General Lee after it crashed had its doors pulled off of it because it's easier to put that on a car. You don't have to paint the old ones back on another car. And it had its taillight panel cut out and a lot of parts, but they stripped off of it, but then they painted it as a 71 race car for another episode of, of the Dukes of hazard. And so I knew what I was looking for. I just had no idea where it was and she goes well if you go back down the driveway now granted this is a gravel up the side of a hill tree pine trees where you can't see the homes cars as far as i could see and this is like an ideal junkyard this is not plastic bumper junkyard this is metal bumper junkyard Mm -hmm. and i'm looking at her and she goes don't go back down the driveway to the second pinto mind you not the first pinto (laughs) and she said hang a left and start walking in toward the road and there it was the uh, oh geez. after after looking for it for almost four years i had found the first generally oh so wow how did you know I, uh,
1: how did you know it was the first one
3: so it has next to vin numbers and, and this is this is pretty much throughout the series they would identify the cars as, as what they would use for and sgl would be stunt generally or or and then they would engrave the numbers in certain places so you could walk up to a car and, and look and see well we don't need that one that one's a you know, a small block car or whatever else, you would know what specific purpose that car, not the close-up car, not whatever. So next to the VIN number, it has a little uh, label that says L-E-E-1 next to it. And then if you open up the trunk, it's completely full of concrete because Dodge never built an airplane. Uh, (laughs) but They had to level them off so when they flew, they didn't land nose first. So they would fill it up full of concrete in the back and jack it up in the middle until it leveled enough. So they've put you know 400 pounds of quick creek concrete in the back jumped it it lands beautifully uh, even though it crushes all the way through and so uh the gentleman that owned the property came home and i said uh hey i'm want to talk to you about it, buying this wrecked richard petty race car is what they called it on the tv show um he said oh the general lee i go oh man you know because right yeah. then he knows what he has <laughs> he knows
1: exactly what he yeah, has yeah. and you're not getting so it. he
3: said uh he said well my grandson zach he's into the show and his you know zach has no idea what the show is and he goes i sure hate to sell it but the two police cars were right over the hill and i'm looking at him going right over the hill there was roscoe's police one and police two both the two original police cars huh? too. oh wow and uh i'm sitting there going oh my god man and so um i tried every way under the sun to to try it uh, buy it from him try and buy it from him and uh, no dice um see you have a good day travis kind of thing Mm
0: -hmm. so for
3: the next year i had to keep my mouth shut because if they know it's out there they will look for it yeah so it's it's like being a star wars fan and finding the millennium falcon but not being able to tell anybody you found the millennium falcon oh yeah so i what i would do is zach his grandson that was into the show um i started sending him models and hot wheels cars and things from the dukes of hazard and have john schneider autographed to zach and send him a picture and all this stuff and i called down about every four months and said hey i'd sure like to did zach get that blah, blah, blah. and i i finally got the nerve up after about 10 things i sent down there his wife answered and i said hey i'd sure love to t- come down there and talk to you about that car and she said well zach really appreciates all the stuff you said you ought to, you ought to stop by and see what you can do about that car sometime and it was his wife that said that and that was on a uh, on a friday and i called my buddy and i said what i got a green light whatever you do get down here with a truck and trailer and we are going to dawsonville georgia drove through the night got there saturday night stayed over sunday morning bright and early raining sideways of course um we get to this and it's on a hill with with pine trees as far as the eye could see and uh i had brought a roll-off truck or a truck uh, tow truck with me uh a buddy might lives in south carolina but he was not on the same street. I was just there. So here they come down the driveway and I'm like, going, man, these people are up kind of early and they're looking good. They're in their Sunday best. They're going to church and they do not want to deal with this Yankee guy that came down from Indiana <laughs> and he rolled down his window and he said, what are you doing here? And I said, well, your wife told me come down here and see if I can't pick his car up. And he goes, I do not work on Sundays. And I knew this man was, you know, I was in, I was crossing the line. And he said, uh, who told you this? And I looked and then she looked at him and she said, well, yeah, he's been good to Zach. I told him to come down, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, sure. And And he goes, well, we're going to church. You can look and see what you can do, but I don't work on Sundays. So he split and he was not well happy. I had my buddy with the tow truck come. We moved about four cars, pulled it up on it, pulled it out on the street and just waited for him to get back. And, uh, I mean, we could have broke camp right there and been like, see ya, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, he come flying past us and back up the driveway. Like this is a steep dra- gravel driveway. And, uh, everybody's looking at me like you go talk to him. Right. Like <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> us. So he came da- back down the driveway, uh, in a pair of overalls and, uh, he said, Travis, you want to go talk about that car? And it's already on the truck. And I'm like, and they're all looking. So I had three people with me. We walk up there. He invites us to watch the the NASCAR race mm-hmm. because he had a he had a picnic table and an outdoor TV. And that's said, right. Come up, church
1: watch, and NASCAR. Damn it, Yankee. <laughs>
3: yeah, why don't you come and watch a race with me? So we watched fifty laps or so. And uh, I said, well, you know, partner, I'd like to talk to you about this car on what we're going to. He said, well, what are you going to give me for it? And it's already on the trailer. Like it's, but I mean, he can ask $2 billion for it at this point, you know. Um, But right now it's just yard art for him. And I've been well to his grandson and everything else. So the longest story short is uh, I said, Well, what do you need out of it? And he said, Well, Travis, I'm going to write a number on my hand and I'm going to fold it over and I'm going to hand you the pen and you're going to write a number on your hand. We're going to roll them over. And then we're now now we're going to know where to start on the price of this car. And so he quickly writes this number and hands me the pen. And I have two eye two sets of eyes looking over my shoulder, like, what am I about to spend on this thing, right? So you gentlemen there, knowing that you have it's in the worst condition you've ever seen, but you have bought or found and located the first general lee. So if Mark, Corey, and Brett, if if Mark, if you're the one writing on your hand and you and he knows what he has. Right. How much money are you writing on your hand?
0: He knows what he has, but uh, it's beat all to hell. Uh, does it yes. even have a motor in it?
3: Yes, it has a big block 3 to 3 missing the top end of it. It's oh, missing Jesus. one door, has no wheels and tires, and it looks like and it's got, uh, it was and it's left got in a, Jurassic Park for years. And <laughs> it's
1: got a Dymo label next to the VIN that says Lee 1. I'm, and that's
0: I, it. I'm starting at 4K because all I'm buying is that label. And that's I'm, right. And I'm going to glue right onto another car.
2: See, that's kind of where I was at. I was in the three to five thousand dollar range. And and you know, uh, anymore you probably couldn't find a decent chassis for that even
1: regardless if it was oh, true, a two or not.
2: But I mean I sure. I call me a low baller.
3: So That's all right. Brett, where are you at? Two hundred fifty bucks. <laughs> so Brett and I are getting along real good. <laughs> I real yeah. I wrote three hundred dollars on my hand. Oh my god. And he wrote $500 on his hand. I bought it for 400 bucks.
0: Oh my God. So good I was man. Only 10 times over.
1: Jeep is Christmas. good, man. So
3: <laughs> I was. He oh, then I... looked at me and said, I'll sell you the other two police cars for the same money. So I bought <laughs> all of it for $1,200. Oh I'm God. running
1: to U Haul and getting a truck and trailer. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so what we did is we loaded up Lady One and took off, uh, went back home with it. And then the guy from South Carolina came down and got the two police cars. So Everything I had to do with the original first five episodes of the Dicks of Hazard, we bought for roughly twelve hundred dollars.
0: Oh my god. Um,
3: but we spent four years looking for it, so you can't put a price on that. And we had to keep our mouth shut for a whole year. Um, then it's sat here for quite some time. But what is weird about star cars and fans, they they don't believe someone owns the car. So if you're pumping gas in your nice generally replica you're going to walk out, and somebody's going to be sitting on your car getting their picture taken. Get the it. hell off my car. It happens, it happens all the time. Or if a mom and dad want their little little ones picture oh, taken, yeah. they will magically stand in front of the 01 no matter what. And then the parents will say, go like this. So they'll slide their butts all the way down uh. the side of your car. It no ma- happens all the time. And so whenever we people would look at the, it was the green 71 race car at that point, and they all, all Hazard County knew what car it was. They would pick paint off of it, or they'd pick a sticker off of it, No. Or they'd, or they'd take a piece of the roll bar padding off of it, because then they had a piece of the original General Lee. So it became very difficult to babysit, and it became hard. It's painted with lead paint, and kids are wanting to climb in it and crap, and uh, I had never sat in it. I just kind of looked at it and go, wow, look what I did. So um, I put it up for sale because I didn't want to be the curator of this car anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah. I uh, sold it to five, or four guys that, that kind of put their money together in Ohio. Uh, they bought it for 20000 bucks, which was <laughs> a good job. Um, then, I, I, wait, wait, wait. Uh, stop,
1: had- stop there for a sec. You got it for $400. They bought it for twenty grand. i am wondering how many weeks you spent breaking your arm, patting yourself on the back.
3: <laughs> I was dancing down the driveway like the Warner Brothers frog. baby. Michigan J Frog sells General <laughs> Lee, but then those four guys broke up, or they 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 called me and said, "Do you want to buy the car back?" And there was an investor in in Florida that really wanted a General Lee, but he wanted a real one. And any any of the seventeen remaining real General Lees, plus there's about twenty one real, real ones left. Are huge pieces of crap because they were just star cars. And a lot of them sat out in the California sun uh, from about 84 to 92 with their windows down. Yeah. Um, just really in not good shape. So we bought the car back with the investor. And I said, Well, what do you want to do with it now? And he said, Well, someone has to restore this car. And I'm like looking at it like going, You know, where do we start? And so, uh, so who do you I want said, to well, restore I, it? <laughs> Yeah. And I said, Well, I'm a disc jockey and, uh, you know, I, I don't restore cars. I I'm a car guy and, and I, but I have all the right people that I know. And he said, he simply said, if someone spray painted all over the Mona Lisa, someone would have to repair it. And that, that person is you. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I was like, man, that's, that's heavy. Right. Yeah. No, so, the story short, um, we bought another whole 19th. This is before AMD. This is before replica, you know, prop oh, yeah. four pans and stuff like that. We bought another whole 1969 Charger that someone had tried as a low rider project for something, and and it was the worst thing I ever saw. But it had a perfect (laughs) body, good sheet metal, um, everything, and we used, let's say, 40% of Lee 1 and 60% of that car. It's running and driving on its drivetrain and its transmission, the one that flew, um, and we rebuilt the car. We're using all OEM 1969 Charger sheet metal. Uh, we had it for about a year. Um, we had, we had painted the same way, painted the flag on instead of a decal, did everything right. Um, unveiled it with Bo Duke at the same place that it landed at at Oxford College.
4: <clears throat> <laughs> they gave
3: us uh, they gave us permission to drive it back on campus, and we had John Schneider pull it out of the trailer at the same place it landed. Oh wow! Um, we had our fun with it, and so then we sent it to uh, Barrett Jackson and sold it. <laughs> and so, if you've ever had your experience at Barrett Jackson yeah Uh, you better have you better have four or 12 beers afterwards because you're either going to have a really bad day or a really 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 bad day because this i don't know but i've had my fun at barrett-jackson but so um one of my best friends who's helped restore it he's uh he knows more about the dukes of hazard than i do i don't know how but um (laughs) he went represented the car and bubba watson came up to to buy it and asked all kinds of questions of course i was djing at the dance club that night with a little bitty tv in the club or in the you know wondering how much money we're about to make and I'm playing you know cooling the gang or something at the same time and uh it, it's it hammered at a hundred and fifteen thousand dollars which is good wow. money for a for a disc jockey and a luthier and uh, <laughs> uh so uh you know everybody's like oh my god it's a million dollar car it's an orange car with a backwards 10 on it it's not the Batmobile um, Truth. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's, it hammered at 115,000 and, um, that's a $400 investment that turned into that. But of course that was not all my money. The investor got his money back. We just got our money for restoring it. And yeah, you know, we had fun. It was, it was good fun. It's now, uh, Bubba doesn't own it anymore. It's, it's privately owned by another gentleman and, uh, he's a good curator for that car. And the, you know, Bubba, Bubba had to, Bubba's a great guy. Um, but he caught the, the wrath of the, of the Confederate flag, and yeah. he really wanted to own that car and drive it and have fun with it. And um, he realized that they're very, very difficult to drive uh, in this climate. So yeah.
4: um,
3: the, the kids that are when I would pull up to McDonald's in my car, um, the kid handing me my food had no idea what I was driving because he's never seen the show before. I just look like some redneck asshole driving around with a Confederate flag on the roof of my car. So um, it became very difficult. And then the, then the redneck asshole that has the Confederate flag, I'm his hero when he would yeah. see me. Drive. Like, Whoa! I'm like, no, don't do that. Like, it's... So um, Bubba had to put out a thing about two or four years ago that he was removing the flag from the car, and that's just simply because one of his sponsors or Titleist or somebody said, hey, we know you have the car. Will you tweet this out or we'll pull your sponsorship, yeah. basically. So the flag's still on the car. The car still looks almost exactly as it did when I sold it. And it's in uh, it's in very good hands. The very first generally ever still runs and drives and moves and, and the same motor and transit it flew on.
1: Uh, the Dukes of Hazard destroyed an inordinate number oh, God, of Dodge it, it Chargers. Oh, God, it just kills me.
3: I hate them as much as I hate Stephen King <laughs>
0: with those 58 yeah. Plymouths. Three,
1: 321 yeah. of them, 68, 69, and 70s, that were all made to look like the same model year. Can you tell us what they do to one of those cars yeah. before they try to use it for an airplane? And what yes. happens when it lands? Because it's it's not the big jump. That destroys the car. It's the sudden it's, stop. It's stop.
3: <laughs> so a Dodge Charger is obviously a unibody car, and they don't fly very well. No. Um, if they're if they're two or three or four feet off the ground, they're totaled regardless. Um, so over seven seasons of The Dukes of Hazard, so they might as well go for twenty. <laughs> yep. So over seven seasons of The Dukes of Hazard, they did destroy 321 Dodge Chargers to pr- portray one General Lee. They, but as 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 heartbreaking as that is, they destroyed. Over six hundred police cars, and these are four forty police cars at the time. Yeah, but they're so cops. God. But Roscoe would run into Enos and Cletus, and you'd be down three police cars. And then Paul Baxley and said, "I said, would call and say I need three more cop cars." So all of those super duper cool Cornet Fury Monaco police cars got swallowed up by that and by the Dukes of Hazard and T.J. Hooker and and a lot of those shows back then. But the, the Dukes of Hazard, you would watch them film it. And anything that was in the air was a small block. They only had one manual car for all 321 of them that were destroyed. Um, the uh, the cars would, if they were to smash the whole passenger side of it, they would jump it with with the driver's side toward camera.
0: Well, oh my god! So they okay. would get
3: they would get their mileage out of it. They were originally built in Georgia by Don Shishler. The first three came down there, and after like three days of filming they were out of cars there's one complete episode in georgia that has no general lee in it because they were done um so Schlesler built two 68s cut the taillight panel out of lee one 69 taillight panel and uh, and the and i think lee lee three and then he put them in these 68s because 68s have round taillights and then they warner showed up with three and went home with three even though they left two behind one i found and one that was jumped twice and was destroyed so the first season's got minimal generalese in it, but then they went to uh, Renard and Andre values and they live on the, or they, they own the melody ranch. And that's Gene Autry's ranch there where they film all these wild, they still film wild west shows there, Deadwood or all kinds of stuff, but they, they are famous for, if you needed a tank or something, they were the ones that provided military vehicles for Hollywood. So Renard and Andre values, had, a, had basically the contract almost all the way throughout um, until uh, Warner Brothers took complete control of their cars because the numbers weren't quite jiving as well as they were. And then they would just simply, um, as the cars would come in, and they would they would leave they would leave little business cards on chargers around town or around Los Angeles. So they said, do you want to sell your car? They would fly oh Cessnas around to look for these things. Um, and then long story short is uh, they would come in, maybe with the whole passenger side knocked off of it, and then they jump it from the driver's side. But if the door survived, they would have they would stack the doors up so they would never have to repaint O's and ones again. <laughs> but then they 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 had to get rid of these cars too at that point. So they would cut the roof, cut the flag off of it, and take the, both the doors off of it because there's photos of the flags stacking up and doors because it could not then be identified as a General Lee, and then some idiot wouldn't find it in a junkyard and then go try and rob a bank with it and take off with it, and so. Okay. They would they would stack them up ten deep and take them to the crusher with two police cars on top, and they would they would crush every one of them. Oh so God, I want why... to throw up right yeah, now. Yeah, Mark's
1: a hard car, uh, um... hardcore Mopar fan. You're killing yeah, him. You're so... crushing his heart. Oh
0: God.
3: Well, uh, so that's why there were uh, in '91 Warner Brothers had 19 left. They released uh, 17 of them to Wayne Wooten and this Dodge Charger registry kind of thing, where they kind of made their own business and. It dissolved right afterwards. So 17 people bought a real generally, which is not saying much, but they are real. Yeah. And then uh, Warner's kept a, a close-up car and then a buck. And uh, then after that, uh, uh, we found another one that was jumped at Charlotte Motor Speedway. By Humpy, Humpy Wheeler or Humpy, what's his name at Charlotte?
1: Humpy another Wheeler.
3: Pre-race. Yeah. Humpy always liked, it, uh, liked uh, pre-race entertainment, like he'd jump a bus or something. Yeah. yeah. And so they jumped a generally at Charlotte. Uh, so we found that car. That was the SGL thirteen. Then I found Lee one. So that, now now that number goes from nineteen to twenty one cars. So you, um, you mentioned that, that they would load around. the
1: the trunk full of concrete
3: to yep, try. So and, they would fly
1: straight. What else would they do to? How do you prep a car to go jump it?
3: Well, of course you're full roll caged, and then they would be harnessed. Uh, They're almost bungee corded. So the stuntman would have a have a bungee cord on top, and then he would be strapped as tight as he can to the to the seat. So you basically your sp- your spine is decompressed, and they'd let a rip. I mean, uh, you know, there there may be uh, no no loss of of drug use on the Dukes of Hazard stunt team, <laughs> and uh, uh, so they would uh, they would let it happen. And and I became friends with all of my heroes, which was Al Wyatt Jr. has passed away, Henry Kenji, uh, the Baxleys. Core Eubanks, which is Dad's Bob Eubanks, but it, his Dad doesn't mean nothing or doesn't mean anything to me. He was a stuntman on The Dukes of Hazzard, and all these people were were my heroes because they were the true ones that made the car fly, and they yeah. did all the stunts <laughs> and and uh, skied the car on two wheels and uh, just. Uh, but all these people, Jack Gill and everybody, had crossover shows like they worked on The Fall Guy and they worked on Knight Rider and all these other great shows of the television star car shows of the '80s that we have we don't have any of that now, but, uh, yeah. you know, so the, they were, they were awesome. And so they would, they would explain to me how they, I mean, one day, like you are like, okay, Cora drew, drew the, do the drew the short straw today. He has to wear the wig and double as Daisy today. So <laughs> well, that's that how it again. was. And it was, um, they took the time. To, I, you know, I'll be 49 years old. They took the time to tell me the stories and, some of them have passed away and if they didn't tell me that i couldn't tell you guys the stories yeah and you know that's that's just the way it is and uh you know the hazard ranch there it was in valencia and new hall and now or sherman or sherwood excuse me and they uh now there's a golf course there but the uh the warner brothers ranch on the old road is still there they used it for a movie called Nothing But Trouble in the 90s with Chevy Chase oh, yeah. and Denny it, Moore. It was um, awful. Oh, And it was a terrible, terrible movie. But if you watch the whole movie, you can pick out all the Dukes of Hazzard stuff. So there's, like, two <laughs> fat guys named, like, Odo and Frodo or something, and mm-hmm. they, like, were obsessed with Debbie Moore. And they have, like, a used car junkyard. When they blow that place up, they're blowing the front of the boar's nest off. So mm. Oh, really? Um, and there's a little bridge that says, like, do not enter, and all that's still on there. The big mansion that they built on there they built right where the where, uh, where uh, the hazard farm was so uh, a lot of it got taken out during uh, multiple wildfires but you can still go back there and, and see everything that was still this hazard county they had their own ranch they said I mean we're talking you know 40 acres to do whatever they wanted to and so they jump in cars and drooping and sliding but um, it, it's uh, it was a huge part of my life I, I kind of left it behind when I sold my car about four years ago but uh i I help a lot of people build cars still and, and uh it was i had i've raced one coast to coast i've jumped to general lee uh almost twice now yeah well, um with all those, you, know, and, you, and, you you uh,
1: arranged to have one of those things destroyed a sixty yeah. nine dodge charger in a city park no less uh that's right how did that happen where did it happen? And so, uh, how do you make sure nothing goes wrong or that your butt's covered in case yeah. something does go wrong?
0: Yeah,
3: ain't no AAA on that. No, no, no kidding. You, <laughs> and you normally ask for forgiveness before you ask for permission. <laughs> but um, I went down to Covington, Georgia, where the first five episodes were filmed. I knew we were coming up on the 25th anniversary of the Dukes of Hazard, and this is in 03. And I met with the Chamber of Commerce, and it was I just looked like some Stupid you told the Chamber Yahoo, of Commerce uh, what you were going to do? Yeah, I told them, I said, I need a place, because what had happened in 01, we unveiled that we owned the car, Lee 1. Mm. And this was at, uh, at what's now Duke's Fest, but it was something else back then. And then so in 02, I, I flew in all the mechanics and all the stuntmen, Corey Banks and Al Wyatt, all these heroes to this convention. that They call Duke's Fest now, but I don't I don't even know if it's going on anymore. But needless to say, Um, Corey Eubanks called me and, uh, which with Rich Septon, Rich Septon's passed away, but he was one of the mechanics on the show and Rich called, or Rich took the phone. He said, you did something wrong, Travis. And I go, what's that? And he said, you sat me next to the plane or on the plane next to Corey. And I go, you know, like the, what's, does he smell? Like, I don't know what's, what's the problem. (laughs) And he said, we want to jump a car. And I go crap. I mean, that's, I would love to see a car fly. That's my, I mean, my whole, like I said, I sat on my father's lap and watch lap and watched the magic car that flew. So he said, if you get us a car, we'll jump it. So I did this search and I found this junk 68 charger with it. We put a big block in it and made it look like a 69. We built three bad or uh, two police cars and a bad guy car. So we f- we had to send them down to North Carolina to Tom Sarmento, who was a mechanic also on the Dukes of Hazzard. He fully roll caged them out. He knew how everything had to be in the cars and everything went back to Covington, Georgia and expressed to them that I would like to jump a car in Covington, Georgia. And, uh, they all, I mean, Covington's famous for them, the heat of the night, the Dukes of hazard. It's also where they landed the airplane in cannibal run when Burt Reynolds and Don DeLuise is <laughs> needed. Don DeLuise needed beer. Um, so,
1: so it's a cool they, little town.
3: Yeah. Cool little town. Uh, there's, they're probably filming something there right now as we speak. Um, so they had a place called Legion field and it's softball diamonds is basically what it is. And they said, you can rent Legion field and you can do it, but you have to have insurance for this thing. So how do you get insurance to jump a car? <laughs> um, so this is uh, this is 19 years ago and I contacted the Lloyd's of London and I said, I need insurance to jump a car on this date and this date only. And I had $4.5 million worth of insurance for 24 hours for Legion field for the, for the Lords through the Lloyds of London, uh, was not cheap, but, and I, you know, I had a starter wife back then. She thought I was crazy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, needless to say, um, we, we built the ramp. We had Tom Semento, Corey Eubanks, Al Wyatt, Jr. Jack Gill, all the stuntmen flew down for this thing. Corey straps in for this thing. Um, we had a we had a police car roll we had one of those pipe ramps and rolled it before it and that was al wyatt jr and uh he he got out of the car and he looked at me and he said travis that's the last stunt i'm ever gonna do and i said you know this guy has this storied stunt career and he was blonde and he doubled bow on the dukes of hazard and he came to my dumb little event in 2003 and jumped or rolled a, a car and got out of it and when they pull him out all the stuntmen drop him and stuff like they're all friends <laughs> and so we get down to it, but that morning, uh, I, I got exactly no sleep that day because that morning it had rained like the second coming of Christ all morning. Oh, and no. I, had, I had $4.5 million worth of insurance to jump the car that day. It yeah. had to fly that day. And we had hired police to block traffic. We had hired all this and we put up a bunch of those Jersey barriers that are full of water and all that stuff that like the mm-hmm. off-road trucks run into. And I get there at about 9 a.m., and the two police officers I looked at, and we have, like, a line around the corner for these people to get in here. And they looked at me and said, what time are you going to jump the car? And I said, 2 o'clock. And he said, you'll be good. I mean, and it is raining sideways. And I looked at him, and at 1115, the skies parted. It was beautiful out. It dried up just enough. And um, <laughs> we had to have poor Eubanks go down a side street out of the out of the softball diamond field and came in off the street uh, at way too fast. Um, so I told you that we had found the two, two original police cars. So the car that that Lee one jumps over is police one and Roscoe ducks and the car jumps over him. We put the car behind the ramp. So we're going to jump back over Roscoe's police car in the town that it jumped 25 years before. Oh, cool. And uh, so Corey Eubanks goes down and and roll cameras, you know, come ahead. And here he comes, and he came into the to the ball diamond a little hot, uh, because he was supposed to hop the police car, and then we had the one bad guy car that was still full roll caged, and then we had the police car that was still roll caged. So if we had five thousand people on one side of the ramp and five thousand people on on another side on wet grass at this point, so if uh, if the car came out of control, the cops or the cars were going to ram it, and uh, so it didn't hit anybody. So. Corey came in super hot car. Hasn't been in the air since 1985. Every childhood dream I've ever wanted is about to happen. So I stood really close to the ramp. So the car would jump over me, basically not, not like literally over me, but over me. Yeah. Um, And he came in and he hit the ramp probably about 30 miles faster than he should have, which was awesome, which is great. Oh yeah uh he landed nose first it went end over end and did a full barrel roll and it landed on all four wheels as these two cars are coming at it to ram it uh in wet grass and he gets out of it and took a bow i'm guessing <laughs> i'm just like i'm sitting there and like everybody's losing their mind like the car hasn't been and no one's ever seen it jump live now they jump kind of live all the damn time now but yeah uh we jumped the car and uh we got away with it, and there was probably seventy or eighty general leads down there. They all drove to Hazard Square. I had to take the oh. jump car oh. to uh, to uh, the police station because people were picking paint off of it. Um, go figure. Yeah. And uh, I came back to pick up my stuff at the at the baseball diamonds, and uh, the, it's called Legion Field. And uh, everybody was gone, and it was just me and uh, my starter wife. And we, uh, I called my mom, and I was like, I did it. Like I did it. Like it's, it's, it's over all this. I was doing press release faxes from my apartment. Like it, And prior to that. I had gotten a phone call, uh, from when, when your caller ID says Warner brothers (laughs) and you're about to jump a a car of theirs, even though Warner brothers doesn't own anything that has to do with the general aid that you can't copyright someone's name uh, you can't copyright a flag. You can't copyright a number and Dodge owns the charger. So, um, but when the phone rang prior to the jump it, and it said, Warner brothers, I, I picked it up cause you know, don't know what's going to happen on the other end. Yep. And it was a gentleman that said, Travis bell. And I said, yes. He said, Greg Silverman's office hold for Greg Silverman. And I'm like, wow, oh, this is pretty heavy. Oh, you know, boy. I don't know who Greg Silverman is. I couldn't pick him out of two people. So he called or he, he picked up the He said Travis Bell. I he said, I, I see through this press release. You're going to have the 25th anniversary flight of the General Lee. And I said, yeah. He said, um, what do you think about a Dukes of Hazard movie? And I said, why don't you come down to my event? So Greg Silverman came and watched the car fly oh, from California. Oh, wow, cool. And uh, he was one of the only ones that was left over, and he said, thank you, Mr. Bell, we'll be calling you. So after we got back months later, he called me and said, we need someone to help us build General Lee's for this movie we're filming in Louisiana called the Dukes of Hazard movie. So no that was kind of, oh. uh, I mean, yeah. it could have got, it could have went so bad so quick. Oh yeah. But uh, it was incredible. And so I sent them 80 sets of wheels down to build, build General Lee's in Louisiana uh, for the Dukes of Hazard movie. Um, uh, or eighty wheels, um, and uh, because they were discontinued oh, uh, by then, that We would not re-release the wheel. Yeah.
1: Where do you find and a Western uh, turbine wheel now?
3: American Racing Vector wheel. Oh, uh, was it? Oh, a Western, pardon me. If you want a Western, if you want a Western turbine wheel, you're building an eighteen band.
1: Okay. <laughs> um,
3: so Eckler's Corvette. Eckler's Corvette.
1: I'm familiar. They
3: they put them on Corvettes, and they would put them. So when they had like that kind of Mako Shark looking nose on the Corvette, yeah, Greenwood you can buy bodies. An Yep. You can have it Buy an Eckler's vet with a vector wheel on it. And I found a yeah, lot I, of them might be there. a little bit of a Corvette. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so, but vectors were available through Eckler's and then we would just, uh, we had a machine company that would punch them out to dodge bolt pattern. And uh, every, every wheel that was on the Dukes hazard movie we did. And then once, once the movie was over, we went down there and post hurricane Katrina and we picked up a bunch. We I had like, every one of the cop cars that was in the Dukes has movie, the Georgia state patrol cars,
4: mm-hmm.
3: um, before that they were on, on Batman, they chased the Tumblr around. Oh. So they were blue and white crown VIX in Chicago and they said GPD on them. And then they took them down to Louisiana and made them say Georgia state patrol on them. And it's the same cars. And I had so many, we were, we were buying them for pennies and we had so many up here, but you know, we had full roll cage crown VIX. Why not? You know, let's, <laughs> let's go do something with it. But, um, all of that was a lot of fun. Like I said, it could have got, could have went really bad, but it turned into something really, really cool. And so after that jump, MTV had a show called Your Movie Show or something. And when they jumped a the car, uh, obviously in the cars in Louisiana for the Dukes has a movie, MTV approached me and said, you're our contact for Oxford College. And I'm like, eh, I don't know that they like me very much because we jumped a the car there. Somebody jumped a the car there in 79 and then, eh. They said, we want to jump a car for your movie show, but we want to jump it at, at Oxford College. So I contacted my, my friend down there, and he got me in the right people. And then MTV jumped a car in front of, of uh, the same place that they did for a show <laughs> called Your Movie. So, so I've seen two of them fly. They fly all the time now at, that, at shows and stuff. And they're converting Crown Vicks to look like they put a charger body on them and, and they're so they're not destroying a charger. But oh, uh, nice. uh, two is enough for me. I'm, I've had my fun.
1: Unbelievable. <laughs> In addition to uh, the Dukes of Hazard and the Chargers, you've got another obsession, and that's with Cannonball Run, uh, both the legitimate, well, illegitimate race that was run and the movie. Uh, this has led you to be friends with Ed Bullion, Doug Tabit, and John Ficarra, all of whom are repeat offenders on this show. Yeah. and. Uh, all of whom seem like really decent human beings, uh, especially John. I've met him a couple times, and uh, he and I get along really well. Uh, What are some of the other results of that particular infatuation? Who else have you met? What have you done surrounding that? Uh, Just kind of walk us down that particular obsession.
3: So when I obviously when I owned the General Lee, uh, I drove it across the country in a play, in a thing called the Players Run, which is kind of the Bull Run or the Gold Rush Rally, but it was New York to L.A. And then when we did the Dukes of Hazard movie, uh, they shipped my car to uh, San San Diego for uh, Rinaldin's headquarters, and then we drove it back to the premiere and then back to Indianapolis. So I had been coast to coast. In a 1969 Dodge Charger with no cruise, no air, and vinyl seats, and uh, <laughs> oh, it, uh, <laughs> it's—I'm gonna it's buy below a below average. <laughs> yeah, yeah, beach. Uh, it's it's not the best, but had lots of fun two times coast to coast. Of that uh, it's been in it's been across the Mexican border and the Canadian border. It's it's been everywhere, but then we. Um, I, I had already done everything that the Blues Brothers had done in a, in a Dodge Monaco. So, Mark, some any of your favorite scenes from the Blues Brothers' car chase? Go ahead and roll one off of, of the tongue.
0: Well, mostly it was, uh, if you can't, what, well, I can Watching all the, uh, weren't they Dodge Monacos just crashing left and right? Seven, I kind of enjoyed that. 117
1: yeah. or whatever it was. And,
0: of course, you know, we got the, you know, what is it? It's dark. We got a pack of cigarettes,
2: half a. Tank of and, gas and
0: no map, and sunglasses, yeah, and it's yeah, dark.
2: We have a full tank of gas. and us A pack of cigarettes. It's dark,
3: right? And we sunglasses. sunglasses. Love Hit it. it. Yeah. So, so everything the Blues Brothers did in a '74 Dodge, Dodge Monaco in Chicago, I did in a '74 oh Dodge Monaco
1: in Chicago, <laughs> including 110 <laughs> miles an hour down Lower
3: Wacker oh, Drive. Lower crap. Wacker Drive, and then of course they drove through the Dixie Square Mall. I drove through the Dixie Square Mall twice. Oh, cool! Um, oh. How did you do that? With hey, no permission, no permits. Uh, you so I drove through the mall two times. We did one time uh, during Super Bowl Sunday because we knew everybody was going to be occupied. So <laughs> we drove through the, the the mall is abandoned. And yeah, um, it it was in, before it, they shot the movie. Oh, completely abandoned. Yeah. Oh wow. So they the Blues Brothers. So anyhow, I had a strange obsession with Mopars, the Dodge uh, uh, Charger, and then graduated to. Uh, to the Dodge Monaco. And I had a bulletproof 74 Dodge Monaco Bluesmobile that would, uh, it, it is it is uh, 30 degrees in Indianapolis right now, and it would start and take us anywhere on earth. So we yeah. drove it through the mall. We did Lower Wacker Drive, Phil's Beach in Wakanda, Illinois. We drove across the beach. Um, <laughs> there's Route 50 and Rand Road where they go down the and all the cars pile up. Drove off the highway down Rand Road. Oh my Everything God. the Blues Brothers did in the Bluesmobile, I did. And we shot a a, a little DVD called return to Chicago. And we, (laughs) we had fun. And, uh, uh, I really knew a lot about old Chrysler. So then, uh, you're naturally graduating to, I always thought, I thought the cannibal run movie as a child, I saw it at Westlake drive-in and I was like, Oh, no, this is so cool. But then to find out it was a real thing, you're like going, shut up, like (laughs) get out of here. Right. And, uh, so we had kicked the, kicked the monaco down the road and i i beg of you or any of your listeners to find a 1978 dodge sportsman with you a can. sliding door and barn doors on the back you and it can. has to have six windows down the side oh my god and you, there, i will find you not. as many i will find you as many superbirds or daytonas as you'd like but if you can find a dodge sportsman royal sportsman with a sunroof for sale on Earth, call me, and I'll buy it. So it took <laughs> A me friend years. of mine's
1: father had one when we were
3: kids. Yeah. It took me years to find what Brock Yates and Hal Needham drove in 79, and then what Burt Reynolds and Don DeLuise drove when they filmed the movie in 80, and then they released it in 81, the Transcon Medivac. And I always wanted to per Brock's book, and then uh, somehow I became friends with Brock because – he thought, Pam, his wife says, I was just crazy enough to be his friend. And obviously, I'm proving, <laughs> I'm proving that today. But um, I would pick his brain. I would call Brock, and he would be like, It's the disc jockey, is how he would answer the phone. And <laughs> this is the guy that that was the pit reporter for the 79 Daytona 500 taking this, my call. Like, why? And um, so I would pick his brain. I said, You know, tell me about the TransCon Medevac and what happened to the. To it and i had already found the first general lee why can't i find the transcon medevac right and of course vans are very disposable cars if if Corey needs a six pack of pabst and we can crush the 78 van out back and go get some money Corey and i are getting hammered tonight right? so, <laughs> so it's um i knew that we were in trouble because um they they Hall and, Hall and, Hall and uh, <clears throat> brock they drove it in the 79 Cannonball Run from Goodwives Shopping Center, and it broke down no. in the Palm Desert at the Wheel Inn, where Pee-Wee's Big Adventure, where the where the dinosaurs are. So it <laughs> almost made it across the country. The Transcon Medivac has never completed the Cannonball Run. And no. uh, so then they they put a new trans in it and filmed the movie within 80, and they filmed it in and around Georgia, basically, is all the scenes are pretty much in Georgia. And then the movie came out in 81. Hal Needham had... He had uh, Harry Gantz Skull Bandit 33, um, Winston Cup car. And then he had uh, he had teamed up with Stanton Barrett or Stan Barrett for the Budweiser Land Speed record car. And so it was the three-wheeled jet car that would go down. They had Stan Barrett or Stanton Barrett in it. Um, and it's the one that did set the record, but they DQ'd it because it only has three wheels. <laughs> you, would the, you would see the Budweiser Rocket car go ripping down the salt flats. And then you would see the TransCod Medevac chase after it as a support vehicle because Hal still owned the TransCod metavac So what Hal decided to do is he told me, and I have no idea why we became friends also, but I was just <laughs> idiot enough to be. He's like, okay, this guy's crazy. I can be his friend. Um, he told me, Travis, if you ever want to lose a lot of money, buy a NASCAR team. And he owned Harry Gantz, or Skull Bandit, Because of Burt Reynolds and smoking the Bandit, Skull Bandit, number 33. And at that point, um, he needed a tax write-off. So, he donated the ambulance, the NASCAR Women's Wives Auxiliary. They auctioned it off to a flower shop in North Carolina or one of the Carolinas. Oh, for the love of God. And they delivered flowers in a 440-packed Dick Landy engine Bill Mitchell (laughs) built um, with a quicker transmission for years. And that's where the story ever went cold on that ambulance, because, of course, with flowers and everything in it and and just being completely abused, I'm very sure it became a very disposable vehicle. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've chased the VIN all over the country and everything, but uh, I decided at that point it was time to build another one exactly how they built theirs. and. I also now realized why or realized why the original Transcon Metavac did not make it across the country cuz all <laughs> of the, all of the stuff that they ran into we have run into from cooling issues so they said that, you know they put a big block 502 in it with a holly with a holly 850 carburetor and a quicker overdrive transmission we put a big block 502 in mine with a holly 850 and a gear vendor's transmission mine has four wheel disc brakes Helwig sway bars Bilstein shocks the license plate flips. It has radar jammers or laser jammers and radar drone on the top. It's completely invisible, but some days it will not make its way out of the driveway. (laughs) So we, uh, I invited Ed and Fakara, John Fakara along to attempt to right the world's wrongs last March, March of 21 to finally get the ambulance across the country. So we, uh, Installed fuel injection at this point. Heavily updated the cooling system. Uh, rebuilt the whole top end. Had it built by a company here in Indianapolis called PR, uh, RPM Performance. Uh, just uh, Taylor Hall came on board with uh, with Comp Cams and everybody, and we're ready to go. Like we are, we are ready to right the world's wrongs. The Transcon Medivac, the one that sometimes won't make its way out of my own driveway, is ready to finally complete the coast to coast trek across the country so uh last march 30th we all met at uh, in darien connecticut went and got our obligatory pictures at the uh, good Wife shopping center where the 79 cannonball started if you're for me i love i love the Goodwife shopping center and i love that's where the 79 cannonball started but if you are going to run the cannonball run you are running it from the breadball garage yeah so then we drove uh the ambulance into new york city uh, Fakar, myself, and Ed dressed out in all the orange and whites and everything. <laughs> Amulets is, is is sitting there ready to go. We went and got a bite to eat. And, of course, uh, we are going to right the world's wrongs. And uh, this thing is on rails. We would uh, test it around Indianapolis. Indianapolis is 52 miles or 53 miles around 465, like you can start at the south side, drive all the way around. And we would do laps at night in this thing and just to test it and watch the trans temps and everything. We're ready to go. Like, this thing is it. So long story short is uh, take all our pictures. We clock in at 830 on the 30th of March, and, Ed, and John Ficar lived in New York, so he's I'm going to take it from here. A good time from the Red Ball Garage to the Lincoln Tunnel, like a good time, is like 12 and a half minutes mm-hmm. if you can get out of town and go past, past Madison Square Gardens and get out of town. We went full code, lights and sirens, and we made it out of New York City in six and a half minutes.
4: <laughs> so we're lit
3: up, lights and sirens, going through the Lincoln Tunnel. What could go wrong, right? And so uh, we, we, we leave New York behind, leave New Jersey behind. <clears throat> we are laying the wood across uh, Pennsylvania, and the, the ambulance has um, federal signal aerodynamic light bars on it, two of them. And it's like putting two sails on, on a brick. Yeah. Like it's the, the <laughs> yeah. worst worst thing that say, you know, if anybody ever says, let's make a road rally car out of a seventy-eight Dodge van, beat them up and then tell them no. <laughs> but we're I'm Fakara's probably around hundred mile an hour in this thing and and we're booking right along and, and people will get out of the way of an ambulance, even though it's dark out and it's it's you know, we're coming up on twelve or you know, at, at ten o'clock or whatever. If you see an ambulance coming, you just kind of and we're full, I mean, lights and so we're gone. Like, it's time to go. And uh, we're across Pennsylvania, and the federal signal light bars have a grill in the top of the middle of them where the speaker used to sit for the for the police officer for the ambulance. They discontinued that because then you have a speaker above your head, and you're a police officer, and you're going deaf, and you can't hear a thing. But that still has a grill face on it. And at 100 miles an hour, it decided to leave the front light bar. <laughs> oh. When it left the front light bar, it took the CB antenna out and then the scanner antenna out, too. Oh, no. And then bounced off. And it, so it's somewhere laying on the side of the road in Pennsylvania, probably still to this day. <laughs> but you can you can feel a wind change upstairs because you're like, going, oh, my God. And we had no idea what it was. It just went boom and took off. But we're still rolling. I mean, it's going to happen. That's just the nature of the business. And so we're sitting there watching – I felt it buck one time uh, going up a hill in in PA, probably about a 90 or 100 miles an hour. Fakara's is still driving. I'm in the passenger seat. Ed's trying to sleep behind me. But we then also realized that uh, a 1978 Dodge van with a 502 cubic inch big block and Flowmaster's on it is the loudest thing on earth. <laughs> and you're sitting in a can with – and we, I mean, Ed is literally – four feet behind me talk and I can't hear a word he's saying. <laughs> um, and then it has like the 78 has lap belts. And it, so it has like the boa constrictor belts, like every bump you hit, it's just, it's tighter and tighter and tighter. <laughs> oh, so as, yeah, yeah. as we're moving along, we realize all these things that are just horrible that, that Brock and Hal ran into also. And, 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 you know, the, of course Brock asked me, I told him I was rebuilding the ambulance. And he said, well, why would you want to do that? And I go, well, now I know why he said that. So when I felt it buck, I knew we were in trouble because we are fuel injected now. We have uh, 56 gallons of onboard fuel, and we are ready to go. But then we just sat there and watched the fuel pressure go from 80 to 60 to oh 40 no. to oh 9 no. and start 9 to 17, 9 to 17 to 6. And so we were like, hey, let's stop and get fuel and see if we can top this off and, and wake this pump up. And uh, the pump went out. So yeah. it was done. And so yeah. our we had the shortest attempt to rewrite the world's wrongs in the history mm. of the Cannonball run. <laughs> and um, we uh, so still to this day, the ambulance has a BNF. I have a, a big uh, Dodge 3500 Dually with a Kaufman tilt trailer. I had a buddy of mine about 40 miles behind me. Uh, he came and met us. We put the ambulance back on top of the Kaufman. The problem was we had Ed, which is 6'7". I'm 6'4". Fakar is not short.
4: Mark no. Spence
3: was with us, and then Tim Daly. So we have five people in a in a quad cab Dodge, and it's shortly after 1 a.m. So what do we do now? We we have to throw in the towel. The fuel pump is not going to happen. Um, very very, and we learned a lot in four hours. But it was just <laughs> heartbreaking. Like when it when it happens, I'm going to you'll see a picture of me standing on the roof of it at the Portofino Inn. But we had to we had to call it good, and. Um, we put the ambulance on top of the Kaufman, locked it down, and I'm—I—I I, I was pretty wide awake. Ed was about to fall asleep, so I, I'm like looking at him, like, "Where's everybody going to? How the hell are we going to get back to Indy? Indy, I live in Indianapolis. How are we going to get back there?" Fakara got in the ambulance on the trailer and slept on the gurney, and Tim Daly slept in the in the doctor's seat. Shut him up there, locked him down. Ed fell asleep next to me in the seat. Mark Spence is asleep in the back seat. And I drove us almost all the way across to Ohio, and I couldn't do it anymore. And we just grabbed a Holiday <laughs> Inn and slept for the night, or what was left of the night. And then uh, I, with with the so so Spence lives in Ohio, dumped him off Tim Daly and Fakar and Ed. I drove them with the went straight to the Indianapolis International Airport, booked their tickets while we drove, and everybody went home. So, oh, uh, wow, a lot man. of people have heard that story on on what to do now, uh, and incredibly, Holly. EFI has come on board and they uh have offered to help get the ambulance across the country and then so Jared pink on Rich wrench every day we're yes. taking the ambulance to them uh Jared is going to do a, a big YouTube channel thing on it their content on 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 putting Holly EFI in the ambulance um, the tank will or the fuel pump will now go into the tank you can buy in 92 in, in 78 the ambulances tank was was 36 gallons. And it was a factory plastic 36-gallon tank. In uh, in the 90s, they used that same tank, but they put the pump in the tank, and they called it a 35-gallon tank. So I have a 1992 Dodge van tank, and Holley makes a direct drop-in for that tank for their Dodge Dakotas and things. So now the pump will be in the tank, not on a rail, and uh, it won't overheat anymore. And um, uh, Rugged Radios came on board with an intercom system for it you can't hear a thing yeah in that, thing.
1: that or you have to get dc aircraft headphones
3: right Yeah. Uh. so we have all we have a, a complete pa system in it now and uh arnie toman of course he's the cannonball run record holder uh he came on board with the laser jammer set for it and everything so um a lot of people kind of felt bad for us again because it broke down in 79 and now it's broke down again um, one time for the, for the C2C express, it didn't even make it to the starting line. <laughs> so um, it, it, We can, I can get out there and run and probably drive it to your world headquarters right now. Um, on the we haven't changed one thing about it. haven't even put the light bar back together yet, but, um, at speed with, uh, the, the pump, the way it is, it's, it's not, may not make it home. So, um, mm-hmm. wonderful job of Holly coming on board for that. So, um, It's going to happen and it's going to happen this year. Um, we have it on the schedule.
1: I hope I'm there Uh, when it does. (laughs) Yeah.
3: It's, uh, you're going to see a grown man cry because, uh, (laughs) but we're going to take the, take the whole ambulance down to him, uh, this month and let him, we have Holly, Holly just, I got one box in the mail today. They owe me, they owe me one more and we have every part we need to, to finish it. So nice.
1: What, what is the quick and dirty Genesis of celebrity
3: machines? Uh, my General Lee looked real dumb driving around <laughs> with an Indian license plate on it. Um if you're driving the Pride of the South and you got this Indiana license plate on it, back then they were green and had like grain on them and stuff. <laughs> my car looked real stupid. So the short, long version is um uh, all of them are all the license plates in Hollywood are built by prop builders and they were handmade. So the night rider, the K and I G H T plate was a hand built night night plate cut out with sandblast masks. So if you and I were, are, uh, sandblasting a tombstone, we can put sandblast masks on it because it's thick. So they would hand make them and it made them look like the plates were embossed. So I found out there were, there were four, um, four prop houses back in the day that made them for Knight Rider and, and back to the future and every show you can think of. But there was one main place, uh, called Earl Hayes press. And there was a wonderful man there named Tom, Tom Hofarth. He's since retired. And, um, I was some idiot that came walking in the door one day and said, hey, I need the decals for a sheriff car for the for the Dukes of Hazard because they also made the sheriff decals for the Hazard County squad cars. And then I realized he was also the one that there's a uh, there's a, a paper that Al Bundy holds up in two different shows on like modern family and and married with children and it's the same paper cuz they just keep using the same props over and over and over again uh there's a scene in dumb and dumber where jim carrey walks out of the bar and there it says moon landing or something they said we did that or whatever yeah. he's also the one that did the paper i mean he he did props for everything but he became my friend because once again i was just i wouldn't shut up and i was just crazy enough to to learn want to learn how to make license plates <laughs> So the longest story short is he taught me the different fonts and things that were used from American graffiti to grease to Knight Rider to Dukes of Hazard Smoking the Bandit, everything. Plates were cardboard uh, on a lot of uh, uh, B, uh, second unit cars because they would go by my screen so quick you wouldn't need them. And I wanted to be able to make these plates for the collector, for the fan. I didn't want my General Lee to drive around on a ha- on an Indiana plate anymore. So he taught me everything I wanted to know about license plates and then a license plate stamp or stamping machine came up for sale from the Indiana prison system. And (laughs) I uh, I may have purchased a a license plate machine and had no idea how to use it. And it was big enough to fit in this room times two. And I hadn't, all I knew that I wanted to keep my fingers on my hands is all I really knew. And so I may, I don't know why we're in third person now, but I may have hired one or two previous convicted felons to run this machine for me and teach me how to run, because they may have done it for the state of Indiana, not by choice. Um, So I learned how to stamp license plates, and I learned how to uh, make them screen accurate, not just with Helvetica font like Knight, you know, K-N-I-G-H-T exactly screen accurate with the correct blue for California, the correct gold for California. And and that took off flying. And then um, we started taking requests, like what plate should we do next? And, of course, the uh, the out-of-time plate from Back to the Future, um, it's very hard to figure out how they, because it's, it's eight digits on a seven-digit license plate. And uh, we got it down to a science, including the, the decals that were the registration decals on the car. So if you buy a plate from us at Celebrity Machines, um, some of them are so accurate, they actually have the screen accurate decals on them. And um, if you'd have told me 25 years ago that I'd be making license plates for a living and not have a Department of Corrections (laughs) number, um, I'd have told you you were crazy. But we have five full-time employees. We do plates for over 300 different uh, movies and TVs and shows. Um, It's weird now that studios will call us um, there was a Jason Momoa movie for Netflix called sweet girl or something. And, uh, yeah, they needed a, yeah. they needed a Pennsylvania plate cause they like, they do like a target practice on it, but they, it, it would be cardboard or plastic if they're a vacuum formed, uh, prop house plate and they needed the plate to rip and yeah. our plates are metal. So, uh, we stamped them. So uh, long story short, we got a little bit too big for our britches on that old license plate stamping machine. Uh, we still make all of ours right here in the USA. We just have a much better operation. Uh, we do plates for Kelly Knievel and e- Evil Knievel. Uh, we do uh, plates for everything now. Um, and uh, if you can think of the show, we probably do it or they have called us for And we are just five people in a shop in Indiana that this is, um, hmm. you know, if you're a friend, if you're a if you're a fan of Seinfeld you'll remember there was a plate that said ass man on yep, it that yep. that he got in the mail <laughs> oh, and we make awesome. the ass man license plate we make, oh, that's awesome. chong's license plate said muff diver on it like we <laughs> oh we, we do all of the plates from every show that you can ever think of including the new cobra kai that the, there's a uh I saw that one online. uh, There's a Cobra. LaRusso Auto. You know, Ralph Macchio owns a – so we do all the LaRusso Autos. Uh, In the second season, Billy Billy Zabkin pulls up with a Cobra and a a Challenger that says Cobra Kai on the plate. Uh, There's Silver is his name in this season. His license plate says Quicksilver on it. Um, So, yeah, the new Ghostbusters. When Ghostbusters came out, we had to keep our mouth shut for a long, long time because that was filmed in Canada and we were sending them license plates up there for the new Ghostbusters movie.
1: How very! And cool. so
3: that was supposed to come out in 20 and then it was pushed to 21. And we, um, they filmed it in 19 and we were sending them plates religiously and they were distressing them and making them look rusty and all that stuff. So we now offer that rusty Ghostbusters plate too.
1: Very so, cool.
3: Um, five, five employees strong, uh, lots of fun, uh, get requests every day. And we basically help people finish their star cars. Or if you want Michael J. Fox's autograph on an out-of-time plate or or whatever, it's better than having an eight by ten of Tom Selleck. Why not have the Robin <laughs> One plate from his uh from Magnum PI? So um it's really inter- cool. There was a plate in in Jaws, inside the shark in Jaws. Yeah. Oh my and, god, and- yeah, really? from Louisiana. It says sportsman's <laughs> paradise on it. <laughs> That's how they knew that they had the wrong shark because it was a warm water shark yep. because it had eaten a Louisiana license came plate.
1: Came up from the Gulf.
3: And it came up. So that way, but that there's Easter egg plates and that Jaws plate shows up in every shark movie you will ever watch. From Deep Blue, whatever, from a shark's tail, like there's an animated shark's tail movie. Yeah. He like burps and he burps the plate out and it comes out. So... <sighs> There, uh, Herbie the Love Bug has a Easter egg. It's uh, OFP eight fifty seven, and it's our first production, August of nineteen fifty seven. Uh, uh the, the Blues Brothers is BDR five twenty nine. It's yes, Black it Diamond is. Riders five twenty nine, and that was the first club that Dan Eckroyd ever played at. So hmm. there's a lot of hidden stuff. The Jaws one is great. We of course we do the Jaws plate, um, but anyhow, it's it all started by having a dumb Indiana license plate on the back of my orange Dodge charger that was from Hazard County. And I just needed a plate. And, um, right now I'm talking to you from a, from a, from an office that has one and a half million license plates in it right now. Yeah. And, um, unbelievable, it's crazy. It's fun. We do, we do lots of, we donate probably $20,000 a year to the Michael J. Fox foundation through the out of time license plates and if you, it's really weird that you can change someone's life with a six, six inch by 12 inch piece of aluminum, but, um, it's cool. We we do a lot of stuff with it, but heck, I mean, you know, I do all of Ed's plates and all of the musket ball and the cannonball and stuff like that, but I don't know. Yes. Well, I make my own plates too. So why not? <laughs> all
1: right. <laughs> Getting down to the, the end of the fun stuff. What is the backyard 400?
3: <laughs> oh man. So, uh, I live on five acres. It started life as four acres, but there was, or it started life as one acre, but there was four acres worth of greenhouses behind my property. And we're not talking like well kept greenhouses. This is old glass greenhouses with teak wood and 60 foot trees growing out of them because no one's taken care of it for years. Oh. So I simply approached the people that own the greenhouses and bought the four acres behind me. And you and I could have walked into it two years ago and looked up in the summer and not seen daylight. That's how overgrown and out of control the greenhouses were.
4: Wow! Um,
3: So I bought a 1978 case backhoe out of a cemetery and had no idea idea how to drive a backhoe, but all it's ever did its whole life was dig graves. So it was in, it was in good shape. Um, We started knocking down greenhouses about two years ago and knocking down probably 400 overgrown out of control trees um, and just demoing the property and making it very usable. It looks now, it looks like a city park back there. So earlier this year, um, before the Holden cookout, we decided to put a walking path all the way around the property and we didn't want it to be like crushed stone. We paved a walking path all the way around the property, including an 82 foot wide or 82 foot long, 15 foot wide concrete burnout pad because whenever because. you have all your friends over they're gonna leave your house like John force anyhow so you might as well <laughs> <let it be. laughs> so the burnout pad attaches to the walking path and it, and it makes 12 turns or, around the property and we're all sitting there going and my buddy looks at me he said travis you have a have a go-kart track in your backyard I'm like it's a it's like a eight foot walking path he said, dude you have a paved 12 turn go-kart track in your backyard I'm like going well, all right. So we all sitting around and we thought, let's have a go-kart race, right? Let's, why wouldn't we? I mean, yeah. but uh, you know, go-kart races are, are somewhat ultra competitive and the go-karters graduate to IndyCars, graduate to Winston Cup or NASCARs, whatever they're called mm-hmm. now. Whoever sponsors NASCAR. Um, so we were like, we don't want it to be like shifter carts. We don't want to, everybody has to look like a Shriner. Like they have to have <laughs> all the carts have to have a body. So if if Brett has a, a a 2004 Pontiac Grand Prix with a six and a half horse, you're in. If Corey has a, a you know, a, a Dodge van, I don't know why you want to run one in the backyard 400, but you're in. So <laughs> we made this, this little, you know, fun little group and we're like, okay, we made an event on Facebook and as of today, for some reason, I have single-handedly increased the price of every yard cart known to man at this point. Um, so we have 40 people and growing every day, which is ridiculous. Someone will take a picture and say, I found this Pepsi IndyCar go-kart for sale. I bought it. Can I enter? Yes, you can enter. And there's a, a little bit of a rules package, you know, six and a half horses, plenty, a helmet, you know, whatever else. But don't try to kill your friends on my my backyard uh, 400 <laughs> if you don't mind oh so it's in, it's in april uh we're gonna have probably a thousand people in my backyard cheering on a bunch of idiots driving around in go karts but we had to make <laughs> classes we didn't even think about this because we had a bunch of indie carts. because we're in indianapolis before the race you could go to the local grocery store and they would have a go-kart as a child i win the enter to win this go-kart a lot of people want them that had no reason or no business owning a go-kart but like every year the pace car would be the same. Like you if the Viper was a pace car, they would the grocery store would give away the Viper or whatever else. So we had to have an IndyCar class, like a streetcar class, and then NASCARts. Oh my I didn't know that Luminas and, and coupe Grand Prix and everything. But so all of my friends and people I couldn't pick out of two people are showing up. With, uh, with go-karts in April in my backyard, and uh, you guys, I hope you guys are there. You can broadcast live from the, from oh, the boombox
1: At least one of us will be there. I'll try to talk the other two into it. All right, favorite question in every interview. It's also the one that wraps everything up, and it's, usu- it's usually the best question we get from anybody. What's the dumbest thing you've ever done in a car?
3: Dumbest thing I've ever done in a car? There's a small speedway here in Indianapolis called Kitley kitley motor speedway and everybody has a hometown track and kitley has the world figure eight championships and they also hold figure one of those crazy nights called the wild night like when you race school buses or have a demolition derby combine race. or so i think that's all uh, Yeah, yeah <laughs> yeah my attention <laughs> so um uh i raced of course being a disc jockey i got a budweiser sponsorship of all things <laughs> we had a uh we had an 86 uh caprice classic go us And um, they had a thing, and we painted it up exactly like when I think Ken Schrader drove the 25 Budweiser car there for a minute. Uh, But anyhow, we painted it exactly like the Budweiser Winston Cup car at the time. So it was gorgeous going against all these other junkers or cars in a thing called the blind driver race. (laughs) So what it was is the person in the driver's seat with the helmet on had a sack over his head, had a pillowcase over his head. (laughs) And the person behind him had his shoulders, hands on his shoulders, and was communicating with him. Go, go for right, left, right, left. Go straight. gas, Stop! 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 Oh my so there god! Be, there was twenty plus cars in this blind driver race on this on this oval, and it was during Kitley Motor Speedway's Wild Night. And we all lined up, and they dropped the green flag. So I'm behind with my hand, but and we had lapped the field. We were so good; it was incredible. And people are doing like two miles an hour around there and my driver at the time roy was fearless and he would lay it as hard down the back stress oh yeah stop 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 left 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 a little more left over oh, little right oh my god we're about to hit stop so back up back up back up and so that same night we had we had won the drop blind driver race and i get out with the full you know they come down there and interview and i'm like you know thanking Bud weiser for my I, we had no reason to win but it was our first tryout we won this thing then they had a thing called the chain figure eight. So you chained one car to another car. No, <laughs> no,
0: no. So yes. He, like yes. A,
3: he had brought like a Chevette plus the Caprice. And, uh, <laughs> so we were, um, all of the same cars that were in the blind driver race that survived. Cause of course, you know, they would full track the wall or something. uh, we're now chained to another car or something, but we came prepared. Like you got to have the big car and the little car. And Roy looked at me at the time and I was driving the little car. I was in the chain. And, uh, he said, whatever happens, if you break the chain, you're out and it's a chain figure eight. Right. So we're always shooting for the rear car, like shoot for the, for the back car. So as they would come through the crossover, we would as fast as we could, Ram that little car in the back end and then break the chain or whatever else. Oh, sure. So we got all the way down to like the last couple, three or four cars. But if you've ever seen a, a Caprice classic, one of the box style get hit, the trunk folds on them. They just hit the ground. Mm-hmm. And we had got hit in the, in the rear end and uh, the the mighty Caprice, that was the end of it. But we had driven and won the blind driver race and driven to a, probably at least a top three in the chain figure eight. Uh, so the craziest thing, I have won a blind Driver race in
0: a '86 <laughs> classic. The Stevie Wonder 200. I don't know. We had a crazier
3: race. Yeah, I've, so I hope you guys make it down for the backyard 400. <laughs> um, I, I do own Danny Sullivan's Winston Cup car from the very first Brickyard 400. It's the only car that survived the the, the very first Brickyard 400, and it is isn't in my garage. So you're welcome to look at uh, Danny Sullivan's car. It runs, it drives, it moves. If you've ever wanted to fill and, and drive a Winston Cup car, you have an open huh. invitation. All my neighbors will completely oh. I, you. I am I'm <laughs> so
1: excited to come and see this absolute insanity. We've been speaking with accomplished Cannonball Run competitor, Traffic Scoff Law, and proprietor of Celebrity Machines. Mr. Travis Bell. You can find all the web and social media links for Travis on readthedriven.com. Travis, thank you so much for being with us tonight. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for spending time with Driven Radio. We love what we do, and we wouldn't be able to do it without the support of our listeners. You can find us online at show.com and readthedriven.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Driven Radio Show, and listen everywhere fine podcasts are heard. I am Brett Hatfield for Corey Pratt. Yep. And Mr. Mark Groves. Yo. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time here on Driven Radio.